Good morning, church. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Andy, and uh, my wife Irene is sat down there, and uh, it's our pleasure to share some things with you this morning. And, um, you know, I got a bit nervous about how to start, and, and I thought, I, I know. I, I, I know. I'll, I'll copy some of the things Hugh does, because, you know, he speaks a lot, and and I thought the first thing was I, I would see how he does presentations and how he does PowerPoints. So I have picked up the Hugh approach to PowerPoints. Alex, can you put the first slide up? Look, you see, first of all, Hugh asks whether the PowerPoint is ready. And then the media person puts it on, at which point Hugh will say, oh, I didn't want you to show it yet. I just wanted to know if you've got it. So that's that bit out, out of the way anyway. Can you... Um, just stay with that for a minute. Oh, just, just stay with that for a minute. So another thing that Hugh does, he tells humorous stories about his family. But uh, unfortunately, I don't know any humorous stories about Hugh's family, and they're not here anyway. So I'm, I'm not going to do that. I think, I think following Hugh might not have been a good idea. Maybe next time I'll follow David, um, if there is a next time. Um, <laughs> So I thought I'd, I'd start with something else that would make you smile to start with. Put the next slide up, please, Alex. There you go. Isn't that nice? Little puppies. Always, always nice. Right, uh, next one. Okay, so where are we? Finally, he's got there. <laughs> and the clock's going, so I'm in trouble. You know, um, it's a bit of a cliche to, to say that life is like a journey, but it is. Um, and, you know, I've come to realize that um, as we go through our lives, as we go through our journeys, we can go through periods and seasons. And uh, this last year has been a, a very definite season for Irene and myself for a number of reasons. Um, but it felt like before that time, the season before that, it was preparing us for this season. And uh, if I look at some of those things that, um, that I think God was preparing and the way that God was preparing us for it, um, Irene had started this, uh, what we call, we call a God school. It's got a posh, long name. Over in Bradford that she goes to every week with uh, Helen, Go, uh, Helen Goes and uh, a number of other people go now. Um, and in that, they're, they're looking to pray for people, to see miracles happen when you pray, to hear from God, to know his voice, to know about him, to know how much he loves you. Uh, and uh, it's just very, quite intense. Um, but in that, they've seen lots of answers to prayer. And uh, Irene and myself went on a trip to Romania uh, last um, April, yeah, last April. Um, and we saw, we saw many healings there of people that we prayed for. You know, because you hear stories about, you know, you pray, other people pray and people get healed. Or it happens somewhere else, uh, but not necessarily here or anywhere where I am. Uh, but we saw it for ourselves. We prayed for people and saw them healed. And so we came into this year with the expectation that, you know, we could pray for things and we would see them, uh, we would see God heal and see situations change. Um, now, if you think about a journey, sometimes you come across a mountain 
and um, very much so, we came across a mountain. Um, in August last year, Irene was uh, diagnosed with cervical cancer, uh, stage two, which later turned out to be stage three. Um, and so, you know, that puts you in a situation, do you still believe what you believed all along? You know, and what, you, what are you going to do about that? Uh, and very much, we did believe that. We do believe that God wants to heal and can heal and does heal. And even things like cancer. Cancer is one of these things that people shudder at. And it's even had one of those, people call it the C word. You know, I've heard it called the big C. You know, it's got that sort of status of a, an untouchable thing that when it happens to you, you're stuck. And that's, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. So we prayed, and we prayed, and we prayed, and lots of people prayed with us. We got a lot of our friends in different parts of the world to pray with us. Um, we went to a couple of meetings where there were teams of people who had seen cancers uh, healed immediately. Um, and then in the meantime, obviously, we're going through all the, the, um, the procedures to... Uh, to to decide how to treat the cancer through, through the, medical, uh, the medical way. And um, the hospitals have been great, by the way. I'm not saying anything against anything the hospitals have done, with the possible exception of the man who gave us the news that we had cancer in the first place, because the way he gave us, gave us it sounded like a death sentence. We've talked to other consultants since who have been a lot, a lot better with how they spoke to us, but this particular gentleman... Uh, wasn't particularly helpful in the way that he delivered that news to us. So anyway, the, uh, the way these things work, um, all the consultants and the specialists get together and they look at all your results, all your MRI and PET scans and everything that you've had done and they decide what the best way is to treat you. And um, eventually, for Irene, they decided that surgery was the best way to treat her first, surgery first. And we got to that point, and I honestly believed that when the surgeon uh, operated, that Irene would have been healed, and they wouldn't find any cancer because of the things that we believed about God, and we knew that he could do it, and we read stories about it. We talked to people who'd prayed for, you know, all the things I've said already. But we had that, that double-sided coin after the surgery when the consultant rang me up. The surgeon rang me up to say, you know, we've done the surgery. It went really well. We found exactly what we expected to find, which to me was, you know, it was good news because... The, the surgery had been a success, but it was also not exactly what I expected because I expected the cancer to have gone. Now, the Bible tells us that we have the power to move mountains that are in our way, but what do you do when the mountain doesn't move? And that's basically what we want to share about um, this morning. Um, so, this is not an ABC, this is not the d a definitive guide, this is some things that uh, we have found. 
specifically Irene in her situation, obviously, um, although I'm in the situation, my situation is totally different to Irene. Um, and so she's going to share three things, three areas where uh, she's felt God touch her, speak to her about in the whole process. Uh, and then uh, at the end of that, I'm going to come back and we're going to uh, open it up for, to pray for a few things based on, on what we found. Okay? So, Irene, why don't you come up? I ran out of waterproof mascara. That's a bad thing. But what's exciting is I've got eyelashes. <laughs> I know, it doesn't seem much, but when you haven't got them and eyebrows, oh my word. When my eyebrows and eyelashes started to come back, it was so exciting. Um, but anyway, yeah, so um, <laughs> three things um, that, were, that I wanted to uh, share with you guys when I was just thinking about what are the poignant moments for me. There have been loads, and it's difficult to um, shrink it all down, but one of the most important is joy, which might seem a bit bizarre when it comes to um, having a cancer diagnosis. But as Andy said, um, after we initially told the news, and then we had a series of weeks where there was Every test seemed to be, and then we were told this was the last test, and then there would be a multidisciplinary meeting um, in Castle Hill, and then we'd know what's going on, we'd know what the prognosis was, what our future um, holds. Um, and then we went back to the consultant, and he said, yeah, we need one more test. So it was like, no. Um, so we had to add another. Um, and then finally the morning came. It was a Friday morning. The team were meeting Friday morning in Hall to discuss our case. Um, and the nurse would ring us um, Friday afternoon and would hear what was going on. So um, Andy went to work. I came down. I was in the house on my own. I laid on the sofa and I thought, what do I do now? I felt relieved because it was like, whatever the news is, if it's, you've got two weeks to live. It was a relief because at least we'll know. Um, and I laid there and said to the Holy Spirit, what do I pray in this situation? And waited a moment. And he said, joy. And I was like, it must be God, because never in a million years would I have said, this is what you need to pray for. So I started to pray for joy. And um, I started, to, not now, Lord, you know. So I started to giggle. Um, and then I was absolutely crying with laughter. And it was about a quarter of an hour where I was crying and I was having to find tissues and mop myself up. And it was like, Lord, it's not funny. I'm not supposed to be laughing. And I was laughing and laughing. Um, and it, was, it did something within me. I knew whatever, if it was you've got two weeks to live, whatever, it was okay. It was okay. Um, and so we did get through the journey. We went through... Um, uh, surgery and um, chemotherapy, um, radiotherapy, brachytherapy. And there are certain points during that time when um, the, the joy of the Lord um, touched my spirit. Um, another occasion was when we were going to see the chemotherapist. I'd, I'd been discharged from surgery on the Thursday and on the Friday. We were due to see what, what we call chemo guy. And um, so we went to see him and we'd parked and we were walking across uh, the car park to go into the hospital. It was drizzling. Um, we were holding a brolly. I had my arm looped um, through um, Andy's arm and I just started laughing. And <laughs> Andy's going, what are you laughing at? I don't know. 
and I was just laughing and then I started crying, we're laughing and then I'm like, I can't sit in a chemotherapy waiting room like this. So we had to wait outside in the car park until I could gather myself um, and stop laughing. It's like, it's not funny, this is not funny. Um, and I just kept, uh, kept laughing. Um, and, and there were just moments like that. And I would say, whatever we're facing, um, always say to the Holy Spirit, what do I pray? This is a great trick I've learned in recent years. I don't just sort of think, right, I want to pray this. Um, I've started saying, Lord, what do I pray? Because uh, his ideas are so much better than mine um, and make so much more sense. Um, so I would say joy is so important. It is strength. It does do something within you. And I felt the Lord even this morning saying to me, it doesn't have to be when you're facing a crisis. <laughs> it's like, oh, um, yeah, I need to spend more time meditating on that. Um, there was one situation when I'd finished surgery and I'd had my first um, treatment of chemotherapy and we had miraculous stuff happening all the way through from start to finish. And I have written them all down and I'm pulling those together. But um, somebody had messaged me on um, Messenger to say, how did it go? And I told them these miraculous things that had happened, and they sent me a message back saying, you know chemo is accumulative, don't you? Um, so, and I was furious. It's just as well it was on Messenger, because then you can put the phone down, walk away. Um, and I was furious, um, and I was really mad, and it was like, why would they say that? Why didn't they say, bless God, you know, go for it? Why would they say that? And I started ranting, and then walking up and down the kitchen, and then it was like, it's no good, I've got to go out. I've got to go out for a walk, so... Um, I went out for a walk, and um, I was speaking in tongues, um, but it wasn't in a, um, in a lovely, oh, this is my prayer language way. It was in a, I'm really mad with that person, can't swear, I'll speak in tongues. So started walking up and down, speaking in tongues, walked around the field, um, and after a while I felt the Holy Spirit say, why are you so angry? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know, don't know. And carried on speaking in tongues for a while, and then I sort of stopped and thought, why am I so angry? And when I examined myself... It was because actually deep down, that's what I believed. I knew that chemo was accumulative. I was grateful that God had done something, but doesn't mean it's going to happen next time. What if it all um, rests on my faith? What if I don't believe enough by um, the second lot of treatment? What if, and then this torrent of thoughts came to me um, about I hadn't had any vomiting. What if I do? What if I start vomiting? What then? What about the people that I've said, um, you know, God's protecting me from vomiting? What if I then start vomiting? What do I do then? And there's torrent. Um, and it was almost like the Holy Spirit because uh, I said to Andy, <laughs> um, often this will happen to me. I'll say something and I can hear the Holy Spirit going, mm-hmm. So this stuff just came into my head and the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about that? So I started to be honest about what's in my heart. Lord, I don't know that I believe. It, we got away with it, didn't we? Um, first treatment session, but what if we don't get away with it? Second treatment session. So, And he said, so tell me exactly what does that mean? Speak it out. So I said, okay, I believe that Jesus healed me at this point, this point, and this point during surgery. Um, this happened. I was supposed to come home with a catheter um, in place because I wanted to rest my bladder for three weeks post-surgery. I didn't come home with a catheter. So I was talking about all these things, saying Jesus did this, Jesus did this. Um, and then we got to chemotherapy, and this happened, and Jesus did this. And the Holy Spirit's like, and? What do you believe? Okay, I believe that is not strong enough to manage two treatment sessions of chemotherapy. Well, 
That didn't quite make sense. Um, by the time we get to the end of chemotherapy, he's completely out of his depth. No, that doesn't make sense either. So then I started to laugh because it just sounds so ridiculous. Um, and so then we had that joy mixed in with um, the examination of my heart, mixed in with honesty, mixed in with me being completely honest um, with God. Um, and then I just started laughing. I was on the field and... Um, I don't know whether anybody saw it. I just started laughing. And then I was laughing again till I was crying. Um, and then it was like, okay, I don't feel quite so angry now. Um, and actually, to the caveat at the other end of that was my initial judgment of my friend needed dealing with. Because it's important that we guard our hearts because our hearts are the wellspring of life. And I don't want to block the life flowing through my heart. So I had to make sure I forgave my friend. And I spoke out uh, the things that had upset me about what she said, and I forgave her for everyone to make sure my heart was in the right place. And I think that's the second thing, is it's looking after your heart. It's making sure you're looking at truth. Do you know, Alex, I'm trusting you to do whatever you want to do. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's almost about, we were sort of saying, what is it? It's confession. It's being honest about what's in your heart. It's finding truth and making sure you know what that truth is. And you know the word of God is living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword, but you know the word has a name. Jesus is living and active. He is sharper than a double-edged sword. And he can separate bone from marrow. He can separate lies from truth within my heart. So it was important to me that I examined lies. It was also important to me that I looked at what scripture says about my body. So I've said a couple of times while I've been up here in the past um, few months, um, the resurrection spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is at work in my mortal body. I know some people um, believe different things about um, healing, um, but what I believe is that I can live in the fullness of Christ now. I can walk out of every sickness and every disease. Psalm 103 says, he forgave me of all my iniquities. Actually, it says he forgives me in some translations. He forgives all my iniquities. He forgives all my iniquities. I was winding Andy up the other day because he said, I'm liking this. And I said, present continuous tense. I don't think that's the right tense to use in this particular situation. Um, and then I was reading some scripture. God used the present continuous all the time. I'm healing you. I heal you. I forgive you, present continuous. I am forgiving you. So I would soak in scriptures. There was one time when I was reading um, the letters of John, and I felt um, 1 John 1, I think it's 5, where it says, God is light and there's no darkness in him. And I'd been particularly focused on um, healing scriptures. Um, but I read God is light and there's no darkness in him. And it suddenly hit me, just the revelation within his spirit, that any darkness that I believe about my future, any darkness that I believe about my health, is not from him. Because he is light. And there is no darkness in him. So that changed how I prayed because I started to pray, Jesus, fill me with your light. Find those shadows. Find those areas of darkness. Whether it's been things that other people have spoken into me or whether it's coming from my own belief, 
this is where what I was going through partnered quite nicely with Keys for Freedom, because sometimes I'd look at roots. So I'd look at the tree and say, okay, the outworking is unbelief. Where did that unbelief start? And I'd start to look down at roots and go through, through some of those prayers that we went through as a church on the Keys for Freedom course. But being honest and being truthful was really important to me and is really important to me um, even now. So, and I, I was chatting to somebody about this um, the other week um, and sort of talking about what my, because somebody asked me how I was and I was being completely honest and I said, I'm very well post-treatment. Um, I'm now working on the fear I have in my life about my future. And it's easy, isn't it, to say, oh, things work together for good for those who love the Lord. And, you know, Jesus has healed all your... You just need to believe. You just need to believe. And it's like, well, I I could walk down that path, but that's not me. I'd rather be completely honest and say, I think I can believe for five years at the minute, but God, I want to believe for 30. So I want you to address the fear in my heart about what if the cancer comes back. And, and that's what I'm praying through at the minute. But I'm saying, you see my fear. And of course, the um, scripture that comes to mind is, my perfect love will cast out your fear. So I think, well, okay, if there's fear in my heart, that means there's an area where your perfect love hasn't yet touched. So that's when me and Jesus need to go off and we need to spend some time working on that, where I lay in some worship music and say to him, tell me how much you love me. That's always a good a good um, treatment if you are dealing with some difficult things. So I did a lot of declaration. I did a lot of speaking to my body. And that scripture in Romans was a powerful one. So I'm just going to do a bit of a whistle-stop tour over some of the miracles that we, um, that we saw. From the outset, I've already mentioned I was supposed to come home with a catheter and I didn't. Um, there was a few things to do with surgery. I was... Um, up day one, walking day two, showered and dressed day three, and the staff were saying, you do know you've had major surgery, haven't you? Um, Don't you? And it was like, yeah, but I feel all right. Do you want these heavy drugs? No, just give me paracetamol, because I didn't need it. Um, There were lots of things that happened as we went through chemotherapy. um, The drugs started, I was on intravenous chemotherapy, the drugs started to go through my veins, and I felt terrible, burning, stabbing. Uh, The first time I had it, it went up. It was actually in my left arm, but it went up my arm. It then came into my chest. I felt this crushing in my chest, and I thought, I know it's not a heart attack, but if I didn't know that, I would think I was having one. It went up into my head. My sinuses felt like they were going to explode, and I was sort of thinking the anatomy of the um, circulatory system was going through my head, and I could almost think, oh, my word, I know where, where it's going. I know where it's going next. I got a hold of Andy and said, get a nurse. So Andy got a nurse, um, she came over, fiddled with the IV, and then I told her my story, and I said, is that normal? And I said, actually, now I'm talking about it, it stopped. And she said, that's because I've turned it off. I was like, oh. I was just like, okay. <laughs> but at least I knew the symptoms were real. I wasn't imagining them. So she said, well, start again and see how you go. Are you an anxious person? <laughs> so I started thinking... I didn't think I was, but I feel a bit now. So um, we started again, and the drugs started to come through, and sure enough, the symptoms started again. But this time, I knew they were symptoms. I knew what they were. It was like, oh, okay. So um, I got Andy, and I said, come on, we're not having this. Um, So Andy laid hands on my forearm. We prayed. And the pain levels, so uh, in physiotherapy, we talk a lot about pain levels. um, And in prayer, we talk a lot about pain levels. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much pain are you in? You know, 1's not too bad, 10's agony. And the pain level was going to two, to three, to four. It was getting to six. And I was thinking, oh, this is getting a bit close to where it was initially. 
And we prayed. And it stopped at six. And then it went to five. And then it went to four. And then it went to three. And then it went to two and one. And then disappeared. And on that first session, that happened three times. And each time, uh, the pain disappeared. On the second session, I had um, a slightly different presentation. There was a sudden, immense pain that went straight to eight out of 10 pain for me that I couldn't tolerate. We prayed immediately. So again, nerves don't suddenly switch off. The stimulation goes and they slowly calm down. So going from six down to one slowly is what I'd expect from nerves. I was in an eight out of 10 pain and it went like that. I had no pain. And I burst into tears. Andy went to go get a nurse. I grabbed hold of his arm, couldn't speak to him. And then finally just said, it's gone. The third lot of um, chemo, something started to happen. I started to get Andy so that we could continue to pray. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, don't want you to pray that, time, that way this time. So we calmed the storm. Um, and the pain stopped. So through it, the Holy Spirit was showing us, like Andy said, it's not a one, two, three. But actually what God wants is relationship. He wants us to stay close to him so he can say, this is how you deal with that one. Rather than just thinking, oh, this is what you do. I will do that every time I get that pain. That's not what he was saying. He wanted relationship. So there were lots of things that happened after that during chemotherapy. In radiotherapy, there were lots of things I was supposed to have. I didn't have any vomiting throughout um, chemo or radio. I didn't have any fatigue. When I was in radio, I was, all my um, appointments were in the afternoon. I was going to work in the morning because I felt fine. Um, going to the appointments in the afternoon. Um, there were lots of things. I did my um, basic life support training. Um, <laughs> While I was on chemo because I felt fine, it didn't fall into a low white cell count week, so I thought, well, why not? So I continued to keep my mandatory training up to date. For those who work for the NHS, you'll understand how important that is. Um, <laughs> so, so it was just amazing. There are so many things. Um, I cracked a tooth while I was on chemo. You can't have dental treatment. My, half my tooth fell out and my filling fell out. I had no pain. Um, until I went, well, I didn't have any pain when I went to the dentist. He then um, filled it. I woke up one night with pain in my jaw, said to the Holy Spirit, what do I do? Shall I have paracetamol? Shall I have ibuprofen? What shall I take? The next thing, it was seven in the morning. I don't remember the pain going. I don't remember laying my head on the pillow. I just never dealt with it again. I had um, a lot of people that I was speaking to had ulcers as they went through treatment. I had two ulcers, um, one at a time on two separate occasions. Um, I looked it up um, the other day and it said ulcers usually last for one to two weeks. When I woke with one, um, I prayed and they'd gone by tea time. There are so many stories um, about the healing of God and the grace of God. And um, it, it, that's a potted, a potted overview um, of the type of thing we've been walking through. It was partway through, it was, um, we were saying our head is anointed with oil and our cup overflows um, from Psalm 23 because that was so important to us. But partway through, again, I heard the Holy Spirit say, stop declaring that now. Now I want you to de de declare you are under the shadow of his wing. And it was the week after that that Mike brought his word about singing a new song. And Andy looked at the scripture and it was part of a scripture that says, under the shadow of his, of his wing. So we've been incredibly blessed. I'm very grateful to God. I'm grateful to you guys as a church for praying for us, for coming and sending messages, for coming and um, seeing me on a Sunday. And a couple of people in particular said specifically, what can I pray for? Uh, there was one time when um, you have a blood test um, every time. And um, my... Um, 
numbers, shall we say, were starting to drop. And I asked people to pray. And after they prayed, my numbers started to climb. There are so many miracles. If the worship team want to come back, that would be great. And I'm going to hand over to Andy as we look at how we can wrap this up. Hopefully, as I've been talking, the Holy Spirit's probably been talking to you too. So there might be things where you either had a resonance within you, or you felt a prompting, or you, it might have been that um, you're aware that the Holy Spirit is inviting you into something, but it, it might be that actually what came to the surface for you was lies that you're believing. Um, well, if that's, if that's happening, then the Holy Spirit is inviting you into freedom. So sometimes the mountain doesn't move. You have to go over the mountain and um, God's promise is not that you won't have problems but it does say he'll be with you and when you have to go over the mountain his promise is that he's with you you know one of his names is Emmanuel God with us and um, there's a there's a song that uh, I don't want you to sing it, so you're fine. It's a new song, anyway. So, um, and I'm hoping we'll sing it at one event, and that we'll pick it up either before or after then. And uh, it's a reference to, uh, you know, the story in the Old Testament when there's uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they got put into the fire. And when they looked in the fire, there was another person with them. And this this song is called. Um, there's another in the fire. God's promise is when you go through the fire, he will be with you in it. And I think you've heard some of that that we've discovered for ourselves in that situation. And so I've got a number of things that I've got. Irene might have some more, and I know David wants to pray for healing anyway. Um, so off the back of that, um, there's a number of things. One is... Uh, so the first, the first one will be, God is with us. Do you need to know that God is with you in a situation? Uh, is your situation at the moment something that you're going through and you really need to know that he's with you? Then if you're in that situation, we want to pray for you because we believe that God wants to presence himself, to reveal himself to you. I've got... Um, a story um, of my own mum who when she had cancer she went on the ward and she didn't really know God at that point she went she'd been to church all her life but she didn't really know uh, God and she, she she prayed to him she said if you're really there this was the night before she was due to go through surgery that if you're really there please show yourself to me and she said all of a sudden she felt peace that made no sense in her situation other than it came from God. If you're in a situation like that, then we want to pray for you that he will presence himself. He will give you his peace in that situation. Secondly, obviously healing. And we might, I don't know whether you want to incorporate or do it separate. But, you know, if you need healing for anything, we know there are some people who need that. So please come out for that. Three, since Irene mentioned it, fear. If you're afraid of something and it's actually affecting how you're living at the moment in some way, it might be 
that uh, it's fear because your parents had a certain disease or died from something. You know, when you think, oh, I'm about that age now, maybe it's something like that. And I believe that God wants to cut that lie off because that's a lie from the enemy. We need to declare truth over that. So that's the third one. Then I've got two other things I've got written down here. If you're in a situation that you're thinking, you've put something off, you think, I can't do it now. I remember seeing a comic sketch years ago and it said, it's somebody asking for directions and the answer was, oh, you don't want to start from here. Well, that doesn't make any sense when you're asking for directions. But it's like, I've got a feeling that there's somebody in that situation now. And actually, where you are now is exactly the right place to start. Exactly the right place. I don't know, I'm not getting anything else apart from, apart from that. You've put something off. You're saying, oh, well, when I do this or when I get these qualifications or when I get this money and put, the, you know, put a, a thing down on the house or, or, or something like that. But actually, now is the time. So you come out and we'll pray for you if, if that's you. And then Irene talked about hearing God and knowing what to do, hearing the Holy Spirit. And the word we, she's been using is clarity. So if you need clarity in hearing God and you want to reach out for that this morning, then we want to pray for you for that as well. And then one last one. At times in this whole journey, I felt like I have been holding on to Irene's coattails in faith. Because she was believing and hearing from God a lot more than I was. Um, but we've come through, through that. Sometimes you need to grab onto somebody's coattails if you haven't got the faith yourself in a situation. And if you feel like that this morning, we want to pray for you as well.